Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. You have a bell? Dude, it was a bell. Okay. Yeah, why not? When when you're celebrating another Game 7 victory at home, you bring out the bell, dude! It's a good bell. I'll give you props for that. Yes, it's a little tiny bell, like a grandma bell. Yeah. That's how I celebrate, like a grandma. It's like a how breaking... How do you celebrate, dude? It's like a breaking bad bell. Ding, ding, ding. I know. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to New Mexico, St. Louis. Dude! The sharks are still rolling, dude. They're they still, still alive. alive. They're in the final four. Incredible ride. Good series against Colorado. Another game seven win. More controversy. Yeah. Dude, the Sharks are right in the middle of all the fun stuff. And most importantly, they're still in it. Like, they are still in it. Final four, St. Louis, San Jose, Carolina. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Boston. That's right. So, dude... What did you think of the series? I mean, uh, what's your takeaway from this? You know, it was closer than I thought. I sort of thought that either the Sharks would find a way to uh, not neutralize, because you can't neutralize a player like like McKinnon, but you can take advantage of their lack of depth, at least in reference to the Sharks, and the Sharks would roll, or the Sharks' injuries would catch up to them. You know, Pavelski only played Game 7, you know, certainly Evander Kane to me does not look healthy. Um, and some of these other guys are not, you know, they're not all the way there and the sharks would bow out. And really it was kind of neither of those things. It was, it ended up being a really even series. Um, and just went back and forth again on the shoulders of stellar goaltending by Martin Jones, which is a performance that really, frankly, none of us expected to be replicated right after the season he had in the regular season, it was, okay, Jones played great, not great, in the beginning of the Vegas series, but then got hot, and he's still hot. He's still hot. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't explain it. And Philip Grubauer was amazing, and it was I was getting flashbacks to Craig Anderson. Yes, yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, Martin Jones, after a disastrous start, has now, you know, turned his overall playoff numbers into respectable you know, nine ten save percentage, two point seven two goals allowed. His last ten games, he's nine twenty three, and two point one three goals allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's completely turned the Sharks' entire season around. He kept them in several games. He was huge in this series. He was huge in the last three games of the Vegas series. And um, this is the guy who took us all the way to the end last time. We're seeing him again. And uh, it's a huge reason why the Sharks are still in this is the play of Martin Jones. And, you know, we'll talk about the stones or the onions or the just we'll just say it, dude, the balls of the Sharks coaching staff, given some of the calls they've had to make during this 
this entire playoff run so far, the decision to stay with Martin Jones, which we openly questioned, and we were not alone in that, that took some cojones from Pete DeBoer, and he made the right decision. Because if he had gone to Aaron Dell in Game 5, like we were advocating for and several others, or at least I was, I can't remember what your position on it was, uh, that would have been, they would have been done. I'm sure this, they wouldn't be here right now if that was the case. Um, I think I was putting was my head in the oven. Moment. I was putting my head in the oven after game five. I don't think I had yeah. any, any actual <laughs> takes that made any sense at all at that point. Oh, man, dude. I mean, uh, Jones has been good. I mean, you look at the goalies that are left. I mean, Rask, the 9.38 save percentage, 2.02 goals allowed. I mean, he's incredible. <clears throat> the Carolina goaltending tandem, which I think they went back to Morazic last night and lost. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they then you now go back to McElhenney. I mean, McElhenney stats, 947, 1.56. Holy crap. In relief. Morazic, the worst of the playoff goalies. Over, I mean, well, even worse than Martin Jones. <laughs> 907 save percentage after Jones's uh, disastrous start. Bennington, uh, 915 and 2.39. I mean, I think everyone's been saying how good he's been. He's been good, but he hasn't been Rask good, you know. Right. Uh, he's been good, you know. But, you know, that's certainly one of the keys to this series is, you know, the uh, expulsion of Jake Allen, uh, who's been a problem for them long term. And Bennington, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for the Blues. But going back to the Colorado series, dude, I mean – the Sharks are are getting the kinds of breaks the teams need to get in order to win the Stanley Cup. That's that's they're, exactly right. I mean, they're getting those breaks. Yeah, uh, you need things to go your way. We've talked about it many times over the years. You need injuries to go your way. I wouldn't necessarily say the Sharks have been lucky on that score. But I but I would say this is where I I would say in a way if Joe Pavelski had not gotten hurt in game 7 they would be out of the playoffs. That's true. So that injury woke them up, rallied them. They scored four goals. They won an OT. Pavelski coming out in game five, you know, inspired the team. And then his presence, you know, I, think, I can't remember if we talked about it or if I was talking to someone else about it. I said, if he plays in game seven, they win. They win. Yeah. They're not going to lose if he's going to show up after whatever happened to him, I heard someone, I thought I heard Jamie Baker or Drew Remenda say on KMBR the word skull fracture. So I, ah. I, don't know, I don't know that that's true. I thought that's what they said. And maybe they were just making a, a broad stroked reference. But because if he has skull fracture, I don't know if you'd be allowed to play. You can't right? play with a broken I head? Think, I don't know. Well, maybe they were just being overly dramatic. Right. But. You know, he played, he scored, played well, Sharks won, right? Yeah. So a rallying point, no question, a rallying point. And and the breaks, like you said, I, I think that, I, you know, I at first after the whole offsides thing, I think the offsides thing in general is pretty bad. It's a, it's a bad rule that, you know, some random offsides can take a goal back. But it's a rule. It is a rule. It was called correctly. I, I don't even is the jury out is the jury even waiting on no, that for sure was he definitely offsides 
It, I don't think the jury's out on it. I think people are saying that it's a BS rule and that calling him offsides when he had nothing to do with the play is weak, but it is by the letter of the law, the rule. Right. And the, so the sharks don't make those calls, right? No, <laughs> they, I mean, they don't they call the game. But, but the, again, going back to the coaching staff, the balls of that video coach knowing that if he was wrong, the Sharks, the momentum would have completely swung, right? It would have been 2-2, abs on the power play, Sharks in big trouble, right? Because they would have got a minor penalty if they'd been wrong. And instead, they were right and made it 3-1, and the rest was history, right? So a huge call, a lot of faith by Pete DeBoer and his goalie coach. I mean, that guy is a hero. If uh, he goes up on the hero board, if the Sharks make it all the way to the end, because that, you know, could have been a game-saving decision there. And we're also talking about breaks. It was a huge break that Nathan McKinnon dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. Huge break. That And it was a dislocation. I didn't see the confirmation that's I, on that. That's what I had heard. Yeah, it, it seemed pretty obvious when he was... When you see someone skate and only one arm moves, <laughs> Yeah. Pretty good sign. I think, you know, I heard the report was that he dislocated his shoulder. They put it back in. They shot him up with something. Oh, yeah. And then he played. But that's a huge break. Huge break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We'll take it. Yep. Who cares? You got you to gotta take it this time of year. You, you take, take any any edge you can you get. Any edge you can get, you could probably go back on every single team's cup run and see that they were the recipients of breaks. The Sharks have never been on the you know, receiving end of these kind of breaks. Usually not. And finally, they are. And it just makes you feel like it's sort of magical at this point, you know, that they are, you know, to steal words from Drew Remenda on KMBR, they're playing like they don't think they can lose. That's his assessment of it. Right. You know, they look like they believe that they're going to win every game. And when they lose, they don't panic. And they think, that they're going to win instead of they hope they actually they think they're going to win right right and, and the one thing that really shown for me in the Colorado series not that his play was 100% perfect is there was a noticeable improvement from Eric Carlson from the Vegas series to the Colorado series he just seemed more comfortable he seemed more mobile he seemed more explosive healthy Eric Carlson I like yeah. I mean, I, I felt like he definitely looked healthier. I thought he was to blame for a few errors in uh, the last two games. Uh, the overtime goal in game six, that was his fault. You know, uh, he lost track of Landeskog, and there we go. Yeah. Uh, so definitely Colorado's game plan was to get physical with him, and it was good to see that he uh, – held up physically but yeah no question i mean he looks healthier flasic looks good um whatever injury bugs are going around those guys seem to kind of fighting through them when kevin kurz is praising brent burns for his defensive play (laughs) you you know it's 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 going well the world is ending right it's going well even donskoy looked good in game seven right i mean like there's been some guys who've been noticeably absent uh who showed up late in that series and and you know got the Sharks past Colorado who were definitely a, a more difficult opponent than I think like you said we both 
uh, oh, for sure. Anticipated, yeah. You know, they, the, the the two players certainly that we don't see, not that a lot of Colorado fans are tuning in for this podcast to be morbidly curious about how a Sharks fan might take this series, but certainly the two players that I had, of course, heard of but did not appreciate how much of a difference maker they could be. Certainly the first is Philip Grubauer in goal. I mean, he... You know, stole. Uh, there was there was a game where I'm just like the the Sharks will not be able to score here. It's just not going to happen. It's just it's just one of those things, and you could see the confidence in Colorado playing in front of them. And certainly the second, not to sound like Pierre Maguire because Pierre Maguire really annoyed me in this series. I got to be honest with you, is is Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr was a, a highly touted college player that certainly people knew went to Colorado. No one really expected him to be this much of a difference maker. This kid is going to be a good NHL player, right? Yeah. He's going to be yeah. a good NHL player. And sure, he made some mistakes and he didn't do everything right. But, you know, he's a college player. That's what you expect. But he certainly showed a lot of explosion and a lot of, like, just glamour that you don't expect to see out of young players, especially on the blue line. So those are two guys that really made a big difference for Colorado in the series because you don't look at the Colorado decor and say, uh oh, Eric Johnson. You know, it's yeah, just, it doesn't well, happen. I mean, but overall, I mean, they they played well. I mean, I a lot of respect to Colorado more than we gave them initially. I think, and um, you know, that's a team, a young team that was probably a really great advertisement to free agents to look at that and go, gosh, you know, you see Winnipeg and Nashville kind of stepping back and them stepping forward. I mean, is Colorado the team of the future? In the central, um, you know, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because they certainly have the best player, you know, yeah. in the division. Yeah. You know, in McKinnon, who's just a stud, just a stud. Um, Although Patrick Line might like to have a word. Yeah. Couldn't go wrong with either of those guys, but McKinnon sure. certainly seemed to be one of those guys that operated on the ice at a different speed than most other players. And, and that's one of those things that I was talking to a friend of mine about is that Nathan McKinnon can sort of operate with the puck and maneuver with the puck at a higher skating speed than most players you see. And and the NHL operates at such a high level and such at a, at a quick pace. It's kind of crazy to be able to detect that in an NHL game. And that's one of those things that Connor McDavid really has. Like the guy will accelerate and you're like, oh, he's fast. And then he accelerates more and you go, what? And then he accelerates more and he stick handles and then he keeps accelerating and you go, how is this possible? And those are the kinds of things that Nathan McKinnon can do with the puck. So it's really, I mean, when you can make, you know, seasoned NHL defensemen just kind of keep backing up and watch you sort of gain shoulder position and kind of go by, like that just does not happen very often. And Nathan McKinnon is one of those guys that can do it. Dude, looking ahead now to the next opponent, the St. Louis Blues, dude, what's your take on this series? I mean, we know it's it's well reported that the the Blues were the butthole of the NHL, at, and then Happy New Year, they become the best team in the NHL, yep. all because they got rid of the cursed Mike Yo, <laughs> who will probably never get another NHL head coaching job. You know, uh, this guy you know, leaves the blues. And then all of a sudden now they're, you know, one of the top teams in the NHL, right? Yeah. That doesn't look good on the resume. Uh, but yes, they're, they're the hottest team in the NHL. They were dead last in the NHL at one point during the season. And this is one, a team that's sort of flown a little bit under the radar because they were so late to make the playoffs. The other thing that, you know, I'm going to have to 
that I want to get your take on is if they're the best team in the NHL since the All-Star break or maybe since the beginning of the year, why did they have so much trouble with a team, in my view, was the worst team to make the playoffs in the Dallas Stars? How did that happen? Well, I mean, uh, I guess if you were a St. Louis fan, you might look at the Sharks and think the same thing. You know what I mean? Colorado uh, actually, I think, was the worst, lowest-seeded the lowest seeded Western Conference team. That's true. And the Sharks just barely got taken to seven by them. Barely made so, it. So, yeah. Um, I think my answer would be is that those two teams were better than we thought, you know, and um, also caught the Sharks and St. Louis off of two pretty difficult first round matchups. I mean, St. Louis playing Winnipeg. I'm sure that that was a pretty physical, demanding series. So, um, you know, on, on paper, the St. Louis and Sharks teams are certainly better than. And then, no, the other part of this too is that you know both Colorado and Dallas have, when they are playing right, two elite goaltenders. You know, Bishop can, is as good as anybody when he's healthy, and Grubauer proved that he's pretty special in this series. Right. So that could have a lot to do with it. Um. I think something that is is an interesting thing to to take note of here, dude, is something's going to have to give uh, with the Sharks and St. Louis in San Jose because St. Louis on the road in this playoffs is five and one, and the Sharks at home are six and two. So, you know, the team one team is thriving at home, the other team is thriving on the road. Something's going to have to give, and it just seems as simple as that, dude. If the Sharks can win. The majority of their home playoff games in this series, they're going to win the series, and 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 uh, it's that simple. That you know, St. Louis is that good. They're three and four at home in the playoffs. Yeah. So very vulnerable at home. There's no home ice for them at home right now. They're losing games at home, um, but mentally on the road, you know, they're playing very well. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... They're, they're a very difficult team. You look at their lineup, it's they're pretty deep. You see these guys that have been in the league a long time and have been useful players like Blake Como, Andrew Cogliano, down, down, down in the lineup. And then, of course, when you look at the top of the lineup, you see guys like Radulov and Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and John Klingberg, all of whom are among the best scorers at their positions. So, you know, this this might be... You know, sort of a in a way a, a bit of a replay of the of the um, the Colorado series where you got one or two really high end players that you have to be very aware of, and that's not something we really have with Vegas. I mean, certainly they had two good lines that we were worried about, but it wasn't the William Carlson scored fifty goals or forty six goals or whatever it was the previous year. There was a lot more balanced scoring there, and here it's like the Sagan show. You talking about Dallas? Yeah. That was the thing. That was the thing about um, about you know what St. Louis had to worry about, and they yeah, managed to take them to, to seven games. Oh. And the question is, I see what you're saying. Yeah. you know what what do you know? Is that the same kind of view that we're going to see because we have to worry about Tarasenko, right? Yeah, Tarasenko only has five points though. He was, he's got yeah, five I mean, goals, he has no not assists. Been playing well, he's not been playing well. I mean, you know. It, the, you know, the one who won the series for them was Pat Maroon, right? Who's been yeah. a, just, you know, a really great playoff performer. 
Uh, yeah, St. Louis is deep. They've got good D. They've got a rookie goalie who's playing really well. They've got guys with Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Tarasenko and Bozak and and others that are dangerous forwards. Perron, David Perron and Joe Thornton can have a reunion. Um, it's a replay of the Western Conference Finals from a couple years ago, right? And yeah. they're not exactly the same teams, but you know there are some key players on both teams that are still around. Um, I think this is going to be a tough, tough series. And and the key really is, and dude, I'm so excited that we're going to be there uh, tomorrow at Game One. Yeah, uh, in person, we'll be. We're very excited to be there. Um, you know, the Sharks won Game One in both series and I thought it really set the tone and uh, even though it didn't work out very well for them in Vegas in the end you know they, they knew that they could win at the tank and I think the Sharks have to take they got to take care of business at the tank they can find a way to win both of these first two games then they're going to win this series and they might win it fast because St. Louis doesn't have a good home ice advantage and, and St. Louis is not rested you know that's something that you know, it's funny how that didn't really work out in the East, where Boston won the first game against Carolina, who swept the New York, the New York Islanders, crazily enough, and then Boston came out and won Game One. You know, after after a, a longish series, and so the Stars were taken, you know, to six games against the Jets, and they were taken to, uh, I mean, sorry, the uh, the Blues were taken to six games against the the Jets, and then seven against the Stars. It's not like they're rested and waiting. You know, they're they're going to be yeah. beat up the way the Sharks are. Yeah. Well, the, the, the whole rest angle hasn't really proved to be very critical because, uh, you know, in both those series, the rested team didn't win. You know, maybe the rust of not playing uh, hurt them. You know, I think in terms of the Sharks, you know, they have ridden a very emotional angle for these first two rounds. You know, it was the Pavelski angle both rounds. Now that he's back, they need some other rallying cry, right? You know, they those yeah. were the two motivating factors win it for Joe and then play long enough so that Joe can come back. So now he's back. So now that he's back, can they re keep the renewed focus? Say now we've been through all this. Let's just keep going. You know, it's a good question. And certainly the angle the media is playing up is the win it for jumbo angle, which you know, if, if that's a rallying cry, the sharks can get behind. I'm fine with it. It, it should be. Yeah, it, it, it should be. Cause you know, I mean, it, and it's, in some ways, it's sad, but it's also exciting because you know if they can some if they can win the Stanley Cup, then that Stanley Cup winning game will be Joe Thornton's last game. You know, I think he will retire. Yeah, like that's it. You know, and and what an incredible way to go out. And you know, they wrote a great piece on the Athletic about the, the Sharks' dressing room and the chemistry of this team, which I think we've known for a long time is unique and different in the NHL, and how Doug Wilson lets the you know, players be individuals and you can have iguanas and, you know, all kinds of uh, strange facial hair and tattoos and beards and whatever and have it be accepted. And, you know, Joe Thornton is kind of the ringleader of all that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure the boys are motivated uh, to make it happen. Dude, t total tangent. That damn Boyle video that you sent me. <laughs> was it, it was great? Amazing. It was a great. Amazing. Yeah, he like was drinking a beer and then he just spilled, poured the beer all over himself. It was great. It was yeah. a great Dan Boyle moment. It was moment. great. I mean, he was he was 
having a great time. You I'm know? definitely going to wear my Dan Boyle jersey to game one. Oh, uh, no, yeah, me too. No for question. Sure. For sure. No question. <laughs> you know, and maybe he'll see us and we can, you know, drink beers yep. poorly together. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that would be a, a, a true pleasure. Oh, my God. Yeah, that Dude, was fun. Predictions. You know, I predicted a short series against Colorado, and I was way wrong about that. Um, I, I got to go a long series here because St. Louis has gotten it done. I mean, there's just no other way to describe this team that was absolutely nowhere to be seen the first half of the season and just scrapped their way all the way back. You know, on the other side, it would be nice to see them run out of gas for having to basically push the pedal all the way to the floor you know, for the last five months, essentially, is what they've had to do. And to see them run out of gas would be would be nice. Um, however, given the quality of their defensemen and the quality of their top-end talent, I think this is going to be another long series. It's going to be another six- or seven-game series. Which makes me nervous if the Sharks should win and make it to the final because teams usually do not go seven games in every round and win the cup. <laughs> But I'm picking the Sharks. Uh, you have to pick the Sharks, right? I mean, they've they face adversity. They got in the breaks. They they seem to be getting healthier. Players are coming back into the lineup. They're not leaving the lineup. This is something that we were very worried about at the start of the, the playoffs is that could this team be healthy enough to win? And they weren't super healthy, and they won, and now they're even healthier. So how do you go against the Sharks at this point? Oh, I mean, you know, we I will not go against the Sharks. That's for sure. Um Dude, I I think that this will be a series that has a lot of close games. But I'm going to say Sharks in five, dude. I, I think there's going to be close games. I think it's going to be a tough series. I think the Sharks are going to find a way to, to win both these games at home. I think they're going to win both these games in the tank. And that's going to take the air out of St. Louis's sails. And then it, they just won't have enough left to come back from it. Yeah. So um, especially if they can hold Tarasenko down, I, I have a hard time believing that if Tarasenko isn't going to be productive, that they're going to have a chance to beat the Sharks. I just don't think that they can. But this team is deep. They've got good D. Um you know, it'd be nice to see, you know, Evander Kane and Meyer hurdle kind of get inside Bennington's cage a little bit. And, you know, uh, I, he has a reputation for being a little bit of, of a hothead, a little bit emotional. Maybe they can get him rattled a little bit early in game one. But um, it's going to be a battle for sure. Dude, I mean, it, doesn't it just smell of Boston Sharks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For Joe Thornton's cup? That it's going to be against his old team. I mean, the the NHL's just got to be dying for that, right? Yeah, that's clearly the best matchup, right? They, you know, the St. Louis angle is not a great angle for the NHL. Certainly, Sharks Carolina wouldn't be exactly the uh, the two big metropolises fighting each other in the final. It's not exactly Boston New York, but um, but yeah, certainly the Boston San Jose angle. Although, are there any players on the Bruins that play with Thornton when he was there? Any no, I don't think so. But yeah. but but just. You know, for Joe and for the city of Boston, I mean, it would be quite a, quite a scene. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that would be a bloodbath. But we certainly don't want to skip to that. Both those teams need to win their series, 
And I think this is going to be hard. I've just got a feeling it's going to be Sharks in five. God, I would love that. I want to see a win in game one, especially. Just yeah. you got to you got to set it up right. You don't want to, you know, set the table for another long series. You'd like to at least get the idea that the Sharks could put them away, get a little healthier, and 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 then face what's coming next. And I I just I don't know what it's going to be. I just I think there's going to be another some other break, some other something, whether it's an injury to St. Louis, a call that goes the Sharks' way, something that's going to be a difference maker in this series. They've been the beneficiary of that so far, and I think it's going to continue. Yeah, I think you're right. Dude, another small note, not hockey-related. Uh, Andy actually posted a comment on the blog. Uh, you remember Andy, who I believe is a Leicester City fan, if I remember correctly. Uh, he says, as much as I dislike Spurs, I have to say congratulations on the Champions League uh, semifinal. So, dude, it's a good time to be a, a fan like us. We like Spurs and the Sharks, and it's going well. Yeah, they came back from the dead just like the Sharks. I mean, like, you know, the parallels between the two teams are incredible. You know, Spurs playing without Harry Kane, Sharks playing without Pavelski, uh, Spurs down 2 nothing in Amsterdam. And they come back and win. I mean, it's, it was just wild. Yeah. In extra time, no time left on the clock, and they put home the winning goal. Magical. I mean, yeah. uh, magical. And there's no reason to think that Spurs won't win the whole thing. Like, I mean, like I, I can't wait to watch that game against Liverpool. That's going to be a battle. That's going to be awesome. Yep. We'll have to have to make put that on our calendars. Make sure we watch that together, dude. We got it, dude. Dude, it's an exciting time. We're but yet we're only halfway through the playoffs, right? Right, it does. Yeah, it's incredible. But uh, I'm I'm not cocky, but I'm confident. I think that they they they've got the look. There's just a different. There's just something different, dude. There's just, they. I think that I agree with Drew Remenda. Like they just look like they feel like they're gonna win. And instead of being the ones that are sort of just happy to be there, I think like last time, I think that they look like they've got a different focus now. And um, it's exciting, dude. It's exciting. It's really exciting. It's, it's very doable. You know, I mean, you look at this now and you go, it's doable. I'm, it's try so I'm doable. trying not to think that far ahead. I'm trying it's to enjoy doable. it a little bit because I'll be disappointed. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, things have course. gone well, I mean, right. Yeah, it, it will be it will be disappointing. It'll be disappointing if they don't it'll be disappointing if they don't make it to the final. It will. It'll be disappointing at this point. Uh because they they are I think they are the best team left. They are the best team left. And wow. Uh <laughs> you know, Tampa's gone, you know. Uh Nashville's gone, Winnipeg's gone, Calgary's gone, you know, the big dogs are gone. Washington's gone. Pittsburgh's gone, right? Boston's good, yeah. right? Yeah. Dude, in terms of the Vegas bet, where do we stand? Vegas bet, I have St. Louis. So I have a guaranteed Western Conference final. Uh, so really, I mean, if the Sharks win, the bet's off. Right. If St. Louis wins, I've got a team in the Western Conference final. You have Carolina, dude. I have Boston. So uh, the bunch of jerks yeah. are, are your... Uh, only hope to win the Vegas bet. Of course. Yeah. That's so, how this goes. I mean, you're I have to root for the Sharks at this even point. Even harder because then the bet's off and we just go to Vegas. Yep. Then we just go to <gasps> Vegas anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win. 
Oh man, I'm like already sort of feeling a little nervous for this. I haven't really felt this way in the playoffs yet. Dude, I can't wait to raise a glass with you tomorrow and enjoy the moment, dude. It's going to be a blast. If you guys are going to the game, uh, anyone's going, uh, tweet at us and hopefully we can uh, meet up with some of you guys. Uh, if you're at the game, let us know. We'd love to say hello. Especially if you're buying beers. Ah. <laughs> dude, we come this far. Go yeah. Sharks. Go Sharks. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league